Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you guys. It is me. I just wanted to pop in before the episode to let you know that Zach and I had a little movie discussion at the beginning, and um, there's definitely spoilers. So if you don't want Bodies, 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 or the movie Fall, or what else did we talk about? The Orphan, to be spoiled for you, um, go ahead and skip to the 15, I want to say it's like 15 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, Otherwise, that's it. Yeah, I love you. I hope that you enjoy the episode. Okay, bye. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to another episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady, and I don't even really need to, you can just assume at this point that Zach's going to be here every week. It's like we're, he's co-hosting this show with me. You can just decide that for me. I could I could be anybody. Uh-huh. You know, they could, you should have let them guess first. <laughs> there is no guessing anymore. We They're are... like Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kirby. Right. Something happened with Brittany. <laughs> it's either E. Pray, Brittany, Kirby, or Zach. One of you guys is here. Zachary, how are you? I'm I'm great. I'm uh... I'm a little bit, my heart's racing a little bit right now, though. I don't know if it's the Starbucks and Starby Starbs <laughs> or it's uh, the fact that literally right before we started recording, she drops this fucking uh, notes app or not notes. App. Yeah, it's like a notes app thing on yeah. Instagram, this whole ass thing to K-Fed and the kids. And so I guess we're in, we're gonna do a dramatic reading of that one. Um, yes, it deserves a dramatic reading. The yeah. funny thing is that Zach and I always... um whenever something really big happens with Britney, like we always immediately want to talk about it and then we'll wait because there's always more. And it's like (laughs) up until the moment that you record something about her, there's always something more. So originally we were just going to talk about the, um, the voice note heard around the world. Um, And also I wanted to talk to Zach about the girls next door because Holly and Bridget have launched their podcast. Uh so it's just like a general pop culture what's going on in pop culture land as of today right because we are like we our idea was we were going to wait until k-fed's interview came out and then we were going to kind of see what shockwaves happened who was releasing what and do a whole episode with that well i got people in my dms asking for the hold me closer reaction video (laughs) i got people asking for the voice note reaction (laughs) video and so we got to do something because otherwise we're going to be overwhelmed and 
um weird i'm not a, a, a britney spears podcaster you know i come you are the now Benzo to talk about it um i i feel stressed out for you britney because they're all <laughs> i can't even <laughs> this imagine. is the shit i date i can't even imagine they are yeah. and, and britney is always like she's always one step ahead every time they've got their episode locked down britney does some crazy shit came out like a day ago didn't it like their new <laughs> one yeah always. always um but no and i also i mean every time something happens i get so many dms from people being like where's where's you and what where's the zach moment where mm. are you guys talking about it so we're gonna do that today um yeah. should we start with something light and fun like bridget let's Kelly? do it let's do something fluffy um <laughs> <laughs> uh you have in your notes here uh movies we've watched recently so w- w- where would you like to go with that let's let's okay so i've been on a real movie kick i've been going to the movies a lot i've been watching all a lot of the of movies. movies you just seen everything i know you? i know i've just been killing it um let's start with orphan wonderful wonderful i was totally expecting a copy paste moment by the way spoilers yes um, I was totally expecting a copy paste moment, and I was perfectly ready ready for that. And I was going to be really happy with that, right? I was going to be really happy with just an adult woman uh, masquerading as an orphan child and killing people. Like I was yeah. good with that. Um, that fucking twist about halfway through, or like, uh, however, like one third through, or it wild, wild, incredible. Like this movie is exactly. First of all, this movie knows what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's camp. It's a little cheesy. It's fun. It's like actually still like a great story, and the acting is actually really good. Yeah, like it's just everything that you hope um, the orphan will be. Like it literally gives you what you wanted, and fucking Julia Stiles. Like hello. Yeah, Julia oh Stiles, man. Like where is she? I you know one of the first things I ever saw, or one of the first thing I ever saw her in for sure was um save the last dance but i remember when i was when i was like old enough to start going to movie theaters by myself and i went and saw the omen on 666 day and i thought i was gonna die that day um, <laughs> jesus was speaking through me um i was like obsessed with her in that fucking movie wearing her shawl and falling off the balcony and like mm-hmm. and i just i love her in horror and i want her in some more horror movies you know yeah she was like so great in this movie and again spoilers if you haven't seen it like skip ahead but you know she goes she basically like goes toe to toe with with the you uh, almost with, feel bad for esther <laughs> <laughs> esther's got this face yeah. this entire book and movie like um uh, like what the fucking family am i right like to do, you know fuck i could have picked any family fuck i picked i'm just trying to fuck this dad here and she's like <sighs> cock blocking me you know <laughs> <laughs> there is a shot at the very end we're like i don't know they're all standing on a roof it's beautiful and uh the house is on fire and and he is like has rescued her the dad has rescued esther not knowing that she's this old woman and he like touches her face and her fucking teeth fall out. <laughs> And the way it was done was perfect. Camp, camp greatness. He's Uh, like, who the hell are you? (laughs) Highly recommend this one. Yeah, it's a real popcorn movie. If you guys haven't seen it, please, please, please see it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wanted to talk to you specifically about Fall. Mm. Um, if you don't know, Fall is this movie that's out in theaters actually right now about these two girls that um so simple it's so dumb like the, <laughs> they literally they're they climb a 
what is that a, like a phone tower what i don't know what the tower is for it's just a tower and it's yeah. higher than the eiffel towers what they say at some point so it's like a real tall fucking tower they climb up it the the first half hour of the movie is just like sweaty hands sweaty feet can't mm-hmm. look at the screen right um but that's the whole premise is they climb a tower they get stuck because the ladder falls off and they they're like yeah. stuck at the top of the tower for the entire movie um it's very much like 47 meters down it's like that kind of situational uh uh thriller movie and it, it's supposed to provoke anxiety in you but um i think I, it's the I, same I, director is it yeah uh, i don't know um the the cinematography was great directing was great acting was great i loved them i loved their relationship this movie was so fucking mean and cruel to these yeah. girls though that i cannot look past it and it like bumped it down to like a one out of five for me i know you hated that yes it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you but i got it but it didn't I just felt like it was cruel in a way that didn't feel like deserved. It was like okay, like it was mean. It, it, it was, was just like mean, mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, they because the entire movie is mean. They just keep going through like they keep getting hit after hit after hit. Like mm-hmm. one thing after another keeps happening, and that's you know that's a movie like that, right? And it's fun, and I could have done with it. But then there's this twist, like towards the end. They're so fucking stupid yeah. and so like predictable that I didn't think they were going to go that route. And yeah. then they do. I thought she was just going to be having a nightmare or something. And then it's like, I guess what happens. And that's what sent it over the edge for me. I'm like, that's too mean because the whole message of the movie, I guess, right. is like um, overcoming your, the hardships in your life and the anxieties you have or mm-hmm. the like the the trauma that you have is a big one right because at the beginning of the movie she's like married to cuba good or cuba good junior son right what's his name mason mason, mason yeah, yeah. So um, and he <laughs> he really is um and he like dies at the beginning of this movie and so she's like traumatized because they were climbing they climb things yes. and uh he falls and he dies and she watches it and so she's so traumatized that her friend has to get her back into climbing in order to conquer her fears and by the end, her friend falls and fucking dies too. So, like, tell me where, tell me where yeah. that message is supposed to come in that she has conquered her fears because now she's twice as traumatized. Well, I think that I feel like they, for one thing, felt like they needed to like add some interesting thing because otherwise it would have just been a movie about them being stuck up on the thing and then they get down which i get <laughs> you know I mean, that should be your, that, so that's your simple. that's your quote for the poster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're up on this like thing and then they get down that's the yes. fuck that's literally the movie um and i don't know i felt like they it's like what is a horror movie if nobody dies kind of thing mm-hmm. but i it did just feel really random and unnecessary and like like you said cruel and but I do, I will say that this is, like, a genre of horror that I feel like never gets talked about. I don't even know if they have a name for it, but just, like, yeah. like stranded horror is so There's There's plenty me. of them, and I love it. I love it. Like, 47 yeah. Meters Down is one of my favorite movies. I think it is yes. so fun. And 47 Meters Down is pretty cruel, too, right? Like, but mm-hmm. but it just, I guess it has the same damn twist, so it's, it's, it's copy-paste formula, but I just, there's something about this one that I just hated, because I did enjoy their friendship, and I thought they were going to, like, make it past this right like overcome your fear overcome your trauma and at the very end like they pull this this stupid ass twist and it just didn't yeah it didn't land for me um i hate it (laughs) i hate this fucking movie (laughs) i know when i saw you say how much you hated it on coffee and tequila i was shocked i thought i was going to love it because i do love this genre like like you said Mm. 
<laughs> and I watched it because of you too. You know that? I know. He, ta- he texted me like, "If I was so good, it was. Listen, I thought it was good. Well, it is amazing." <laughs> and I also the thing that I love about movies like this is that no matter how good or or bad they are, they're always watchable. Like, yeah, you know, Open Water. I mean, that one with oh, Lake Lively, yeah. where she's like on that little the island shallows. with this. Yeah, that's great. Um, the alligator one that came out a little bit ago is great. Oh, Crawl was a really Crawl, good one too. Yeah, I like they're it. all fantastic. Were you in Miami when you watched this one? No, I actually, were? Okay. I had had just go gotten back. back. Yeah, I just gotcha. got back. Okay, yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk to you just really quickly about bodies, bodies, bodies because oh, we both fantastic. love five out of this five. movie. Yeah, wonderful. It's so fun, so good. So I want to have a hurricane party. What the fuck is a is that a real people? Please tell me. I have never a had a hurricane party. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm assuming people do that, right? Or, or like a tornado party or something like that. Um, I've never lived somewhere where that would be a thing. But if that is, I'm trying to go to a fucking hurricane party. That shit looked fun. Yeah. It was great. Um, this movie was so fun, and it felt like I was there, and it made me want, it made me miss college a lot because it reminded me yes. of college. And I am, I'm about to be thirty in a couple of years, and I, <laughs> I, I uh, just want to play again. I want to get drunk. I want to get high. I want to go and mm-hmm. play hide and seek in a dark house, and yes. you know, play bodies, yes. bodies, bodies. My favorite fucking part is when, um, uh, the main girl says, says, "Who wants to play bodies, bodies, bodies?" And you just hear off off screen rachel said it's a, like scream <laughs> it's like i could not stop fucking laughing it's so funny yeah. and it's like legit funny like it's like belly laugh like you're uncomfortably laughing it in is. the theater funny. and there wasn't like, a single person character in there that i didn't like i loved everybody even like yeah skeet you know yes skeet davidson at the very end the, with the whole uh the tiktok death i thought that was so funny yeah my theater would not just shut up that we were laughing so hard <laughs> yeah 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 and this and this feels like if you are a a pete fan if you're if somehow you still desire p after all these months um this feels like his last moment of in the sun for me like, do you think oh my I'm goodness so this is turning into a beyond the blondes <laughs> which 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 how do i do this um which star <laughs> yeah. um riddle me has broken up with a hollywood reality a-lister and um <laughs> I'm terrible at this <laughs> you have um, to give him a, you have to give him a cool nickname like something like um what's the what's the guy's name in in uh skate paps mirror i don't fucking know man but it is funny that like he broke up with chris like you want to talk about chris jenner working hard chris jenner if this if this was anything to do with chris jenner she sure got some promo for that movie you know because they say they sure. broke up right when this movie came out I just feel like he always, first of all, Pete always plays himself. He always just plays himself. And in this movie, it worked like really well, but he can't do this again. I mean, he could, he wasn't in it very long either though. So I think that worked in his, uh, to his benefit as well. He literally has a line at the beginning of this movie where he's like, I look like I fuck. I look like the kind of guy that fucks. It's like, we, but I I thought it was so funny. I thought it was great. I loved it. He was, he was awesome in this. Um, (laughs) <laughs> no yeah i can't i can't recommend this movie enough to anybody who hasn't yeah. seen it like there are people complaining about the dialogue and saying that it was like it's just so stupid by the way because you're obviously not getting the you're point. not getting the point okay. they're making fun of people let me push my film snob glasses up and explain it to you for a fucking second that the point is all of these people 
are criticizing each other for for Twitter speak and buzzwords and all of these like whiny ass opinions that this generation has these mm-hmm. days, myself included. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, they're doing it themselves and they are a hypocrite. So I yeah. am telling I uh, when when Rachel Senate is telling um, Jordan, um, you're you're. You're not even uh, rags to riches. You're middle class, yeah. right? Or uh, because Jordan was telling her that, you know, her podcast sucks or whatever it was that, I don't know. Just the, the hypocrisy is the point there is that we're yeah. all telling you, we're all like pointing at each other and telling each other something. Meanwhile, we're doing the exact same thing ourselves. Yeah, they're like calling each other like ableists and like all of this stuff. And it's so funny. <laughs> when, it's so funny. When uh Alice they back Alice into the quarter because she uh she says, You're telling me a black woman or a wo- black woman of color that I whatever it was she was saying, and she was like, No, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm an ally. I I'm like yeah. she doesn't know <laughs> what the fuck to say. Because yeah. we all like talk each other into these fucking corners, you know, where you can't be any ounce of problematic meanwhile we are 24 7 anyway. everybody we're all yeah. rotten pieces of shit um so that's was... a rotten piece of shit behind a paywall you know it's just... <laughs> right exactly you're paying to hear a piece of shit uh, um so that was our siskel and ebert moment yeah. <laughs> so that good. was truly just selfishly i wanted to talk to you about those movies absolutely um, tor just wants a uh, another podcast where he talks about movies so he's no, just kind of funneling it through here i'm just trying to kind of dip my my toes a little mm-hmm. um i do deeply want to talk about bridget and holly mm-hmm. i have things to say we've got three episodes of this podcast what is it called i don't even remember what it's called um just girls next door right no it's called girls next level less level yeah okay you're they, caught up right i am the okay. picture is fantastic i love the picture that they did for it i love mm-hmm. that the logo is basically the same damn logo mm-hmm. um it is i thought they were going to be going episode by episode is kind of what i assumed it was going to be mm-hmm. and they are fully going into the background everything they are not even we haven't even reached episodes of the show yet we are yeah. going through the entire back history and it is wonderful we're being fed Yes. We're being fucking fed. And like mm-hmm. Holly is making sure we're gonna be fucking fed. I mean, and good <laughs> for her. Yes. Honestly. I honestly like the thing that I love is that they're not just like you said, jumping into it. They're like doing the background of their friendships. They're doing like mm-hmm. the po- the politics between the girlfriends. They're talking about like the rules at the mansion. And so far each episode has been themed. Like so I, I've noticed they don't have um, – if you've been listening to Back to the Beach with Kristen Cavallari and, and, and Steven, they have ads already from like the big, very beginning. This one mm-hmm. does not have ads. I can see where ads are supposed to be. Like yeah. I can hear it because um, yeah. I edit so damn much, and uh, they just don't have any. It's so weird to me that they weren't able to already secure like advertising for this. Well, especially considering it was already charting before they even released their first Charting episode. before that, and every episode they do, they get headlines off of. I see headlines. Yeah. Like, the headline from this latest one was that have cries, you know, to get what he wants. <laughs> like, they are providing, like, people are talking about it. People are yeah. clearly listening to all of this. So I hope they get some sponsors here soon. I also love that, so you and I both watch Holly's um, YouTube channel. And I am obsessed with the fact that Holly has actually already kind of like gone through the episode. So it feels like she's really <laughs> like, like the way that Holly is tuned in, she is like in it. She is as in it as she is sitting on her bed watching the girls next door. We can see the reflection in the bed, right? Yes. Like that's we, we, she is never going to, she has 
been able to talk about this whole situation and has never shut up about it and not in a bad way i fucking love it yeah i love that she is just spilling every single thing yeah. um the way they have this organized is really great too because they kind of start um talking about playboy the brand and how as little girls they kind of you know the story tracks from the show it's like mm-hmm. we i remember seeing my dad's magazines and that made me want to be in playboy and we, we thought it was so glamorous nothing wrong with it um all the way through to like they're getting into LA and how they end up at the mansion, how they end up talking to Hiff and how they end up girlfriends. And it's just, we are getting everything. Yeah. The story that the girls next door could have never possibly in a million years told. Like this is like, this is the greatest, like one of the greatest <laughs> reality show arcs ever because we get yeah. the girls next door, pretty puff piece. And now we are yes. getting, I think every, who's ever worked on a reality show should be shitting themselves yeah. if they did any sort of problematic stuff because um things like this will happen right like 15 years later somebody's gonna do a podcast exposing the whole flavor flave situation you know <laughs> like it's coming it's coming yeah it is coming it's gonna happen mm. and the oh i just i guess i know that you're a bridget girl and i love yeah. bridget too i'm yeah. i love bridget but you know what I'm through and through a Holly bitch. Like, this sounds like a butt, though. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, going with there's this a butt story? coming. There's a butt coming. Uh, um, uh, I'm shocked. I've always been really anxious to hear what Bridget's perspective would be, right? Because mm-hmm. she doesn't talk about this stuff. And, um, I was watching an Entertainment Tonight interview with them, and you know, Holly is like Annie Oakley, Guns and Blaze, like exposing <laughs> shit really constantly. But Bridget doesn't really do that. And she's been kind of reserved about her, you know, giving her opinions and stuff. And she said on Entertainment Tonight that she was really upset that she did the Playboy documentary mm. because Bridget was like highly upset. She regrets mm. doing it because and they, she turned it down like a bunch of times. Um, and she said, like, I just want you guys to paint me in the correct light because I she said I didn't have a negative experience. Yes. And they were like, well, we'll we'll be honest about how you felt. So she did the doc and they like put her into the perspective of like, we all hated it. But like Bridget still looks at her time at this yeah. mansion with like very rose colored glasses. Like, But this is okay. I think this is really okay because we, me and you even talked about this before it came out. We were like, well, Bridget has like kept so quiet about this that we are going to just get this watershed moment where we are going to hear everything and it's all mm-hmm. going to come out. And really what we're hearing is consistent with what she's always said. It's true. She really didn't have a horrible experience. You know, I'm sure that she had things that were negative, but I'm, it seems like the, the greater benefit to doing this whole thing has far outweighed any yes. anything else, right? Because Bridget was the one that they were they were saying was overweight and was like the fat one, or mm-hmm. was you know, um, the, I don't the older one. She's the oldest one, right? Too, yeah, yeah. Like they were all t- everybody was always talking about Bridget, but I really admire that that really didn't muddy her time and what she kind of views it as. And, and I she like, doesn't waver. She's like mm-hmm. very consistent with what she yeah. says always. She's consistent with what she says, and if she thinks something was weird, she says it was weird. She said mm-hmm. it was bad. She said that experience was weird. That experience was bad. Um, so she's not sugarcoating anything, but also, 
just like me on any podcast, Holly overtakes the entire conversation that it's really kind of hard for Bridget to get a word into us. And I love you, Holly. I love you, Holly. There's a few times where Holly's like, especially on this last episode, Bridget, what was your experience with that? Bridget will say a couple words and Holly's like, yeah. And you know what? When I was having sex <laughs> She's like being someone who grew up in a mountain area, like she'll start up at the beginning of her life again. She will. And she goes back. She goes back months before Bridget's experiences and like yeah. goes through the whole thing. Like Bridget maybe said like two words during this latest episode um i thought this latest one was really interesting because and i think it paints sort of what you're saying here is that holly was really talking about how like everybody is there for benefits everybody's there to get a check to get to benefit economically whatever and then bridget kind of cuts in and i feel like bridget's a little she she doesn't cut in all that much so it was interesting to hear her cut in and she said um well Actually, what do you think about people who were just there for your experience and really just wanted the experience of the whole thing and weren't really after like, you know, right. a boatload yeah. of money? Um, and she said, because I was kind of there for the experience. And Holly immediately says, no, 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 no. Nobody was there for just the experience. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that like they're just I, – I guess I just really admire the fact that they both went through this like wild experience and yeah. they – it's like obviously a really, really formative thing for both of them in their lives, but they feel completely opposite about it. Like they are, they yes. literally couldn't be more opposite about it, but they're such compatible friends that it's yes. like fine. Because they can talk about it. That's the thing here. This is why I I, I still kind of am on, on I, I still kind of think that Kendra belongs on this too. Like, I think it would be so fucking interesting to have all three of them giving their perspectives because especially with with how different we're seeing uh holly and bridget's experiences Mm -hmm. already and they agree on a lot but it is clear that they did have very different experiences and we also have to keep that in mind that each of their experiences are valid it is valid that Bridget had a better time than holly holly was the she paints she she makes sure to let you know every single time she was the main girlfriend her experience was absolutely different than everybody else's in there it was not ever going to be the same as anybody else's and she also says that kendra was by the time she got in there, she was the perpetual new girl. She never had to level up and mm-hmm. had to like do anything outside of her comfort zone. So it was always kind of like she was the new girl. So they had three completely different experiences yeah. as well, you know? Yeah. And that's just, I I really like hearing about the pre-Girls Next Door yeah. years. I, I like hearing about when it was like, I think 12 girls or like 12 girlfriends. um, And just like, the cattiness like the politics and mm-hmm. just how crazy it was like they told these stories about um the way that the girls would like sabotage each other yeah. and uh their one friend stacy who's always on the show that i'm like obsessed with um the girls like plotted this whole because hef very famously doesn't like didn't like pornography he didn't like girls that in quotes did porn yeah they weren't good girls um and this girl Stacy had like done some fetish porn because that was her job. She was like a, a fetish model, and the girls like even though they all did fetish porn too, and they were in the same porn as <laughs> the, the literal same part. video. Yeah. Yeah. Like they pulled up screen screen grabs or whatever of like her in the in this movie, and they got her kicked out of the house. And like, it just, I don't know. It just the way that they describe like their daily life is just 
wild. It is wild. And the what and we've heard all of this from Holly's book. Like Holly yeah. released a book about this, um, and it was really good. It's just this is so much better for her mm-hmm. because she can just rant as much as she fucking wants. She owns yeah. the podcast. She, you know, she can say whatever the hell she wants on it. She's not having editors overlook her and mm-hmm. and making cuts and making cutting chapters. And and I, I love that because we're getting so much more detail here. Um and I, it's just, it's, it's, it really is like a wild experience that, you know, when they would all go up and have sex with Hef, like as she became the main girlfriend, or like even at first they were all pushing her onto him already, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. that, so that she would have to do all of the work and then she becomes the main girlfriend and is literally, you know, doing sex acts with, with him. Yeah. And she can hear the other girls like talking shit about her, like, Ugh. right, like uh, two feet away, you know? Like how, how wild of an experience is that? So I, I can't crazy. even like imagine. And knowing that they're pushing you on him as like a, like there's so much manipulation going on every yeah. second, every single moment. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. stop. Um, And I also, the other thing that I wanted to talk about before we like move on from this was the, the money, because that's okay. something that they okay. don't, yes. they, like, even in Holly's book, they she didn't really talk about the politics of the money that much. Yes. And I really, for the first time, I feel like ever, like got it when I was listening. I to want to know sums it. though. Like this is my need to know even even more because yeah. they talk about the allowance. Um, how so at this point in the third episode, um, Bridget and Holly are both in in the house already, and they talk about their allowance and how like kind of embarrassing it was that they would have to like go and find him to ask for their allowance and that Ugh. sometimes he would give you like a progress report and let you know how you're doing like you and didn't have sex would, with me last night he would go to a safe and have had this black book that he logged each girl that had sex with him when they had sex with him how they had sex with him maybe he has um holly says that he had like nudes of everybody yeah and, like limos and during sex and all of that like this this file of revenge porn that he would kind of pull out flip through in front of you and then hand you your allowance right like whoa uh yeah yeah and that, that was funny when Holly was like, I wanted to burn that book so bad when I left. Like She said, I'm, I wanted to go to the house when he died. I wanted to go find it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is wild. But it does. And yeah, and they said that, like, you know, sometimes he would, like, purposely inconvenience the girls. Were like, this is the only money you're getting. You're not allowed to work. And you haven't had money all week. And, you know, you you need they, like, needed this money to buy playboy merchandise to like wear or whatever they had so requirements they... that they had to show up with certain things so they yeah. have to go and spend their money on it um bridget even says that she was so embarrassed to, to go and ask for it sometimes that she would oh, uh, yeah. there would, she would go like like a week or two without asking for her allowance and then all the other girls would be pissed at her because they're like if you don't if you don't ask for your allowance he thinks we don't need it and so you need <laughs> to go and do that and so they would start um, doubling <laughs> up, like going together and asking so that they weren't alone, right? Like the power play and the dynamics are just wild to me. That needs to be, somebody needs to make a, a show about that. Not a, a reality show, like a, a legit scripted show. Like a TV show, yeah. yeah. I, I, HBO, take it on, you know? And Hef would say, <laughs> Hef would say, well, Bridget's being financially responsible. Like, <laughs> use her as the example of like what like how they could be a little bit more tight with their budgets it's like oh god but no if you guys haven't listened to i I honestly all of it read 
if you haven't read Holly's book, read it. If you haven't watched her YouTube, watch it. It's amazing. Yeah. She just did a archive tour um, of all of her archived Girls Next Door memorabilia and clothing. I didn't watch that one. Oh, my God. What? Do you have the bobbleheads? I feel like you would no, have the bobbleheads. No, I don't. Mm. I wish. Oh, well, Christmas is coming up, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Zachary. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, go go listen to the podcast, you guys. It's amazing. And Tali, Bridget, we know that you're listening and we love you so much. Oh, yes. Keep doing what you're doing. And co- also, like, talk to us. Do a podcast with us. Yeah, talk about it. Please. We're the queens for it. Please. Um. Okay. Let's do this now. Mm. Are we on Brittany? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, people. Okay, so I have things that I have to ask you first because pe- people want to know things. So oh, I got a, okay. Yeah, I got a lot of requests about your thoughts on tiny dancer <laughs> i think uh i did listen to the the leak <laughs> yeah i told myself if i listen to the leak i'm going to listen i'm going to stream it twice as much as i ever listened to it on the leak right yeah um it's okay i i think and i've, I've streamed it every day so nobody fucking come for me okay i'm, pu- <laughs> I'm pushing her ass into the top 10 of the billboard hot 100 okay <laughs> Don't come for me. Um, I was a little underwhelmed, I think. I think at first it had some newness. It had some novelty. I really loved it. Um, and then that kind of wore off for me a little bit. And I'm, I like it. It's like a good, it's definitely a song I keep, I will I will put on my rotation and have playing while I'm like editing or something like that, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I don't find myself like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really dancing to it, you know? Um, I think my biggest hang up with it is that her voice barely comes above the music and i was hoping that was something that was going to be like tweaked mm-hmm. and that we were going to hear her a little bit more but um i yeah their voices are kind of like infused with the music which could be the intention and if so then you know it, it works because they the voices just sound like another you know electronic beat um, right i don't know i don't i don't dislike it though i think if i don't rate it i'd give it like a like a three and a half out of five i think that's fair yeah. I mean, I almost wish that I don't almost. I 100% wish that I had, had not heard the leak. Yes. Cuz I'm yeah. I'm 90% sure I'd like it way more. Mm-hmm. If I didn't know that the leak existed because the leak was like Britney's song. Yeah. Like the leak was Britney's song featuring Elton and then they took all of her like riffs and runs out of it and now it's like it just feels mm-hmm. much more flat. That being said, I agree with you. Like, it's a real easy listening song. And I think it's, like, great for, like, TikTok, too. Like, yes. it lends itself to being, like, a background song. Like, um, it's just easy to listen to. But I'm not, I'm not gallivanting. I'm not, yeah. you know, my hips are not moving to it. I just like, I like it. I think it sounds good. Um, I'm excited that it's doing so well. Yes, it's like projected to go into. I never know how. I I listen to Twitter, guys. <laughs> I listen to random people's tweets on Twitter, so I don't know if any of this is true. But I heard somebody, Brittany, the stand say that it was supposed. It's supposed to be charting at like number five when it comes out, um, which is great for her, right? Like that's a yeah. that's a solid. I because this I don't know. It's a cover song. It's not really a release. She's not doing promo for it. I feel like this was just her dipping her toe back into to music again so i didn't expect it to really like do phenomenal i knew i was mm-hmm. gonna stream it but i was like is it gonna get radio play i don't know um i think they're saying that it's gonna be well it could be her highest charting single since scream and shout 
So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that because I want her to do well. I want her to feel encouraged by music. Um, and I think just with all of her songs, I kind of just have this, these dances that I do in my head, right? While mm-hmm. I'm listening to them or like, you know, if I'm in the shower, I'll do like my own little moves, right? <laughs> like I have that, if you see Amy kind of like hip thrust thing that she does on stage. I, but with this one, I just don't like, I can't, I just at this <laughs> <laughs> at this point in time i just don't i don't know my little tiny dancer move what is my tiny dancer move i mean it's definitely it feels like a spinning song for me this is like she's really it's just it's a what are those mm-hmm. fairy gliders those those fairies the, the like pool ones with the ones that are illegal now yeah, because they they catch little girl's hair yes yeah <laughs> i can see that, that. I can see that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not a spinner, but I, I, I do love it. She's great on it. And I agree with you that I like, I, I, I love when she just goes off on, on the riffs and stuff. I yeah. think that's the, the shining moment of that song is, you know, when she's like, uh, you know, all of that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. The lip quivering, Brittany, the growling, the grunting, the carrying yes. on. I love all of that. Um. Well, let's talk about this voice note. Hmm. Hmm. The voice note heard around the world. I I won't call it her podcast. She started a podcast, everybody, yes. and this is, Ooh, this is don't even she, say it. I I I have my notif- notifications on for Instagram. I had I turned it on for Twitter, like her different little social medias. I did not expect YouTube. <laughs> I mean, she really is a social media queen at this point. She's oh, an influencer. Yes. Oh yes, she's an influencer. I love it. I love you it. know yes. she. Yes. Um. Tell me where you were and what you were doing when this happened, when this note came out. Fuck, I don't even remember what I was doing. I was, I was doing something not super strenuous because I I texted it to you right immediately. Yeah. Um, I said I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember like listening to it immediately. So I must have not have been doing anything important. Um, and it was just this is like what I want from her. I love what she said. She made it very clear. I like I love that she's telling her own story on her own terms, right? She made it very clear that that is what she intends to do here. Mm-hmm. Is that we all keep talking about her and keep talking about what her career moves are going to be, and we talk like we're in her damn ear, have any control over like what she's going to do next. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "No, I am. I I just it's it's so simple for me to just turn on my voice note, um, and record something and talk about it and talk about what I want to talk about and." It doesn't. I've been offered all this money to do Oprah or to do, you know, all of these different interviews. Yeah. And that point here is not the comeback. And I think we forget that sometimes, guys. I think we forget that it's not the comeback. It's her finally getting to speak. Um, yeah. And I know I forget that sometimes because I start thinking of like, how is Brittany coming back? Right. How is she coming back? This book, the book is going to be coming out. It's going to be number one book. And yeah. what is she going to do with the book? She's going to, who, who's going to interview her and stuff like that. Very much caught up in that. Um, she is not it, like even with this "Hold Me Closer" song. Uh, I was thinking video. I was thinking you know promotion. I was thinking full on cover image that we were going to get a brand new cover image for it, yeah. like a, a single image. She's not there. She's just like I am. Just just let me put things out in the easiest way that I can. Right, the way that's most comfortable to me. And if for you know what's most comfortable with with me is the is a voice note. You know, super easy. Well, I wouldn't say that I blame you or me or anybody that like feels that way though, because no, I, I think it's just natural, right? It's just natural, and I yeah. also can't think of any. I'm I was like trying to think of other famous people as you were saying that. 
even famous people that we've seen go through like hardships or like turmoil or like public whatever and like i don't think we've ever seen a person famous on britney's level like michael jackson whitney mariah level famous Mm -hmm. not having any management she's basically not in the entertainment industry but like she is in it she's still a huge part of it and she's makes up like however many billions of dollars a day in like media coverage for so many different people but she's like not a working artist that's really wild yeah she is still on her same level i think a lot of people measure success by if you're if you're charting at the moment or if you're like this is what the hold me closer thing is is kind of what's bothering me is that people are so focused on what it's going to chart right and i think putting more pressure out there into that universe is it and it not living up to that is even more harmful than just being like it's fucking out we have new music from britney spears in the first time exactly. in six years right exactly like, but it is very like natural to us to do that and to be like you know chart topping queen of pop or princess of pop and you know she's she's back baby she's back and really she she never went anywhere she's just like able to speak now and she's gonna do it the way she wants to do it and i think um that's something that we need to start taking more note of is like the different ways that anybody can sort of tell their story right Mm. anybody because she is at the top she is at at this highest point even without you know 50 number ones on the hot 100 at the same time you know um she's never gonna fall she's always gonna be britney fucking spears like that's a name and i feel like for her it only solidifies her icon status even more like when she said in her her video like i have the number almost number one song in the country right now like Mm -hmm. it's like i'm not even signed yeah like i is she not i don't actually know what the the details on that is she not signed with anybody i think that she's still with her record label but she's not like a a working artist you know like Mm -hmm. and it's just i mean she doesn't have management yeah you know what i mean (laughs) like it's crazy that she can just kind of she could release an album of static if she wanted to and it would be like she has so much power yeah you know and that's got to be really overwhelming for her to think like, God, I can just, I mean, the whole world is talking about me. Like they're obsessed with me at the moment, you know? And I like that she feels most comfortable just kind of scaling it back and releasing it. Cause it feels very much Mona Lisa, Brittany, doesn't it? Her walking into a record label with just a song that she's fucking in love with at the moment and playing it for everybody. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like because Elton was on this song they released it in the way they could. I'm sure Elton was was sitting there going, Britain, you don't want to do a picture? You want to take a picture? Yeah. She's probably like, <laughs> you do something? SoundCloud. She's, she's SoundCloud. like, and, she's, and just, she just sends two emojis. And he's like, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> um, do you have, he calls Cade. He said, do you have a baby picture of Brittany? Maybe. Can we, can we use that? Yeah. He just goes, Kate goes up to a picture in her house and just takes a picture of it through the, <laughs> the picture frame. It's like very much uh, just, just bare bare minimum effort right Mm -hmm. and she you can tell she fucking loves that and she's always loved it like that right you know even with blackout the the one ryan seacrest interview she did she was just giggling with all of her friends and you know on the phone (laughs) she she is kind of she i I don't know she doesn't really fall into the the big hoopla of the release like a lot of people do you know even with surprise (laughs) albums right like anybody who's ever done a surprise album since they became the most popular thing. Um, there's still a lot of hoopla around it. It's not really a surprise. It's a it's a whole rollout, you know. 
she she's really the is most, doing this. She's such a non-celebrity celebrity. Doesn't care. She's she give just a fuck. doesn't care. No, and people like, cannot wrap their heads around it. They've never been able to wrap their heads around the I don't fact know if that I can either. It's really hard for me still. I know. Just because I'm thinking in terms somebody who's never been in the music industry and no, don't know nobody in the music industry. I'm thinking about, well, what's our rollout, Brittany? What are we what are we doing, Brittany? Right. <laughs> She's like Instagram. <laughs> That's and the then right out. in the middle of the pro- hold me closer uh, promotion <laughs> in the first week, she deletes her Instagram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she Zero said, I don't give it. a fuck. I want you guys she's to just know. Like, she's like a whack-a-mole just popping up in different places. She pops up on YouTube and then puts her head back down, deletes the video. It's like it went private almost immediately. Okay. I'm so glad people <laughs> were she's able like, to record it. She's like trying to download Vine right now and doesn't get why it's not working. She's like, where oh, is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, um, well, so the, the, I wrote down some kind of bullet points of stuff that she had talked about, um, yeah. like her big, her big points that she had made, of course, the first being that she did turn down money. And like you said, she had turned down Oprah. And I just think like, that's fucking incredible and so badass and such a middle finger to this industry that doesn't really deserve her. Like, she, yeah. like nobody deserves to profit off of her explaining herself. Not really. Not and, really. And everybody can have wonderful intentions. Like, I do believe that Drew Barrymore would have had fantastic intentions having done something with her, right? Totally. But it still would have been a benefit to Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah. Like, either, there's just no way around it for be, being a benefit to anybody else. And she doesn't want that. She wants to tell her story. Like, she was very, very clear. All of these documentaries are coming out. Everybody's telling my story. I want to tell my story, right? right? She doesn't want anybody else to profit off of that. Um and so I'm really happy that she did that. I was also super surprised, and I'm so happy that you put it in the notes here, that um, she's going into the 5150 stuff. You know, she, uh, we, we, let's get into the speculation of it all, right? Because we always speculate about Britney Spears, and that's just, just what's going to happen, guys. Yeah. Um, I was very, I, I was so curious about how much she kind of remembers, because it seemed for a while like she blacked things out, mm-hmm. like truly blacked out portions of her life. Because yeah. she was has been so hyper focused on certain things that it's it's really um, it's almost shocking when she brings this stuff up. Like I almost I just don't expect it. You I know? know. So it's always been rumored. I remember reading about that when I did like a, a Britney and Kevin episode a million years ago. It was always rumored that her mom that that night had like tricked her um, mm-hmm. into thinking that they were having a sleepover. And I remember reading that and you know, saying that it was alleged and I, I didn't know if it was true. I've never known if that was like 1000% true that her mom was like, yeah, Brittany, let's have a sleepover and blah, blah, blah. And like, just how menacing and manipulative and dark that is to think mm-hmm. like you're hanging out with your mom and your mom knows that there's a whole circus outside waiting to like exploit you. Like, So what do you think this was? Okay. Cause she did say that, um, her mom had mentioned, why don't we go to a hotel, baby? Do you think that was her mom trying to get her away from the house to sh- not shield her from that, but to because she knew somebody was coming? Or do you think her mom was trying to get her to a hotel so that it took place at the hotel rather than at the house? I think her mom was trying to get ahead of it and act like she didn't know. Ah, you're smart. Like, oh. Oh, baby, let's get you out of here. Something bad's approaching, even she though she knows. Like, yeah, she said like two hours later, it was it was uh, it was coming down on her, you know. Um, yeah. 
fucking wild, man. Just that is so wild evil. the ins and outs of it. And, and the fact that you could so easily manipulate Brittany in that way, right? Because when you say somebody's coming over, she's got people in and out of her house mm-hmm. since she was 15 damn years old, right? Like right. managers, lawyers, all that. She says, you know, I thought it was lawyers coming. I didn't yeah. understand what they were talking about, you know? So how easy it is to to manipulate her and be like, yeah, somebody's coming. But what you don't know is like we're carting you off. You're going to be locked right. away. And to think that that is a sound person mm-hmm. in that stretcher being wheeled out, seeing helicopters, the hundreds of people, police, ambulances, people beating on her door. Like that is a sound person who was just she, like she completely had the rug pulled from under her yeah you know what i mean and like you know to think like you know the stories of her like locking herself in her bathroom and stuff like can you tell fucking scary that is yeah i mean that is literally a horror movie yeah you could she doesn't imagine. she didn't know what was going on that's the thing is like nobody at that time was taking into account that or how could we though right like give us a little bit of a break that it was it was wild watching i didn't understand what i was even seeing right yeah like you the only headline was that she locked herself in the room with the baby and a knife that mm-hmm. sounds that sounds wild yeah and anybody to, like they weren't giving like little insiders um she was fucking scared and people were telling her, go and lock yourself in the room and we're going to take care of this out here, right? People are always taking care of this situation for her. Why would she believe any different? Why wouldn't she believe that somebody's out there taking care of it and getting the people to go away, you know? Yeah. And to think every person she's talking to is just lying and tricking her. Like, yeah. Um, what's okay. So speaking of one thing that I really wanted to talk about, because I talk about this all the time and it's like a a polarizing opinion. People Mm. always message me about it and ask like, what the fuck are you trying to say? I always say that I think that Britney's relationship with the paparazzi was very, um, it was nuanced. It wasn't just what you've been told in these documentaries. Like, these were the only people in her life. Mm -hmm. These random men. They were, like, her only friends, in quotes. So she would have random nights where they'd be out kikiing. Like, they'd be out driving around and she'd be letting them pump her gas and and like just fucking kicking it all all over yeah. LA all night, you know, um, because she was bored and didn't have her kids. And I like that she said in that thing, like, have, like fucking with the paparazzi was one of the most fun things I've done in my career as a celebrity. Yeah. And I thought we, that was great. There's tons of documentaries from that time, right, that would come out on, you know, whatever channels, um, like the the – Breaking Britney Spears or whatever, all yeah. those documentaries that were coming out on TV at that time, and the popper they would interview the paparazzi, and the paparazzi would be like, "She loves it. Look, she calls us. Look, she she does this, she does that." I I believe it, you know. I I fucked up, fucked, fucked up. up. It went way too far, and I do I do feel like somebody was trying to like run her off the road oh, so they could get a if they could have gotten a picture of her body like laying in oh a ditch God. in a car, it like I met just her hair. And that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. They wanted that. And I don't think that, I think both can be true, right? Like she could have been having fun and also not realized that they did not care about her. They cared about how much money they were making chasing her, right? She thought it was fun and she was like, and she was using them too, right? Like she was having fun, like fucking with them. But um, I I don't know if, if somebody in her position can really understand that she was like seconds from anybody just fucking with her a little too much and 
her going off off a cliff or something like that. The right? danger of that situation, I don't think she'll ever be able to wrap her head around it. Not really. And how do you when you're, you know, from the time that you, you know, get your license, you have people on you all the time, right? Yeah. Like that was always her normal. Mm-hmm. It was never not something that yeah. just happened. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was always hot and cold. I remember yeah. there a common thing that they would say to her all the time was like, oh, you like us again, Brittany? Oh, Brittany, do you like us again right now? Because it would be like, you know, at noon, it would be. Yeah. turmoil they they'd be terrible and she would be hating them and maybe crying and then at like 1 30 she'd call them yeah. and then at three she'd be hitting their car with a camera because she hates them so much but then yeah. at like five they'd be pumping her gas and she'd be giggling and talking about what she got at rite aid like it was very hot and cold and it's very confusing i think for yeah. people to understand who like weren't in it you know she has said also that she was really lonely around that time she said yeah. that a few times and Imagine had nobody been following her, she probably would have been like going out of her mind. Exactly. Right. Like I have been on a much smaller scale, like felt, I remember one time I broke up with a boyfriend in college and I felt like such a pain in my chest. And like, I was like having such anxiety and I was by myself and I was just driving around town and like, didn't know what to do. Well, when you have a bunch of people on you and you can interact with them and stuff like that, that loneliness doesn't feel so deep, maybe. And exactly yeah she, that's probably what was going on with her right is that she can have a little bit of fun and like go and like it wasn't safe what she was doing wasn't safe the way she was driving wasn't safe i'm not gonna make excuses for that but it's understandable right and i'm like i i, I do <laughs> i like that she said that yeah and to add to your point i think it just shows how lonely she was i mean mm. to fill that void like she was like constantly chasing this like high you know yeah. like not having to feel what was going on in her life and it was like never enough it was almost like she wanted to just constantly live on a roller coaster yes but just, like when you were already when you're basically like let's say she was born at 16 years old right that's when she was you know able to to that's really when her career started right so yeah. let's say she was had a, a whole rebirth at like 16 years old um when your whole life is a roller coaster from that point and that there is no like real no you're you basically have everything provided for you You have like if you want to go to this ball if you want to go do this if you want to go do that for a long time she was able to do that right yeah um she just had to it came with the condition that she had to like be miss perfect miss american dream right yeah um that that roller coaster and you know that time 2007 probably didn't feel that abnormal to her it didn't yeah that's how i feel i just don't think she even was like processing what we were seeing and how different we saw it it was probably pretty normal for her she was just kind of you know going out without security that was the big difference or something like that and like looking around and being like well they're doing this to Lindsay. they're doing this to nicole they're doing this to paris they're doing this to like you know just thinking like this is like how it is and this is what happens to us and I live in LA and I'm famous. You know, like yeah. I don't think she saw it the way we saw it. And she's like, I'm fine. I literally yeah. am fine. Like y'all need to fucking cut the shit. I'm yeah. fine. I'll, I'm going to go out again tomorrow and I won't even think about what happened today. Yeah, there's a whole fucking psychology behind this that like none of us will ever understand. She probably doesn't even fucking understand it. No. Right? Like it just is. It's so layered. A moment in time that just happened. Mm-hmm. It's just something that we have to just like be like, it happened. You know? Yeah. Not, not a whole lot that we can really like make sense of. Yeah, and, like, you can't, we can't repent of it either. Like, trying to make it right by 
mm-hmm. commenting weird shit on her Instagram and stuff. It's like you can't. It was it was forever ago, and she's moved on from it. And yeah, for her for her to be for that to be her big takeaway, like I you know I was like having fun. Yeah, like she looks at that, especially during the past however many years, she's been so restrained and restricted, and she can't even have a cup of tea. Yeah. She kind of looks back at those those years and thinks like that was the ultimate turn up. She's like, I was fucking turning up. I was my yes. college girl years, you know. Um, Changing she, outfits all day, <laughs> like you know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Black Britney with uh, with, the, with the black hair and the the yes. the uh, the piled up in a bun with the red like over the shoulder <laughs> shirt is always going to be my favorite Britney Spears look. Always dark jeans, brown boots. I need it on a shirt because I'm yeah. gonna. I would wear that shit. To, to hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like you know. To reiterate, it's just not something we're ever going to be able to make sense of. And I don't think, I think everybody's waiting for her to have that big interview moment where mm-hmm. somebody asks her the 2007 question and she goes into it and says how tough it was. She's probably not going to do that. It's She's probably gonna going to be like, people were overreacting, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't expect a 40 year old woman to go back and reflect so much on something like that if she really didn't see a problem with it. You know, because you just watched a Netflix documentary. That's not yeah. fair. It's yeah. Not fair. You know, um, I, I, my feelings were really hurt and it really affected me intensely when she talked about, um, them telling her every day that she was fat and monitoring, yes. monitoring her meals and making her work out. And, you know, I just can't even imagine because she's like, like uh, kind of glazing over these things. Like I can't even imagine the actual shit that they were saying to her and like yeah. the discussions about her body while she's like sitting there and, you know, them watching her change and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And it's a weird mix of like, whenever she's even said, whenever day is Groundhog Day, right? Like every day was Groundhog mm-hmm. Day to her. And so when that is happening, and when all of this like uh, comments about her body and all of this abuse she's taking, those are probably so mixed that she really can't like pull them out to the extreme that we we do, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was Groundhog Day for her every day. Your dad was screaming on her face every day, or yeah. you know, talking about this or that or the other. She's again. When there's just, I think when there's just so much in her life that there's, she's not going to be able to single things out as much as we are wanting her to do, right? Yeah. She's going to have to bundle them all together and we're going to get these bundled stories of like a quick mention of like her dad screaming in her face or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Cause it's like her just having flashes of random shit and she went through so much yes i mean my god it's like Like, what do we want her to do we want her to pick it all out and like you know come up with dates and calendars and all of that she's not going to do that the most recent thing that she really is able to like isolate is Mm -hmm. it's her her lockup in 2000 what was it 2019 gosh what are years anymore 18 yeah i know (laughs) oh my god that feels like it was 40 years ago my jesus um yeah no but you're right and also like to me hearing her say that really just solidified like how hard it must be for her to feel just continuously judged to be out of that conservatorship and like to be so fucking judged by the public and picked apart like like you have to think when you're commenting it's just dumb shit on her posts that make her so insecure that she's deleting them. Yeah. Like, think of like who you're doing that to. Like, it's really yeah. fucking wild to me. 
I think she's also super over the fucking speculation of it all. I think she's tired of the yeah. speculation. She's tired of people commenting and like saying that she's not running her Instagram and stuff like that. I'm like fully on board with like she's running her fucking life right now. She's she she is. She yeah. is. I, I I don't see anything else sort of happening here. Um and I think she's fucking tired of people doing that. And it's just like one thing after the other. And now it's her kids and like she's tired of people Ugh. fucking talking about it. Do you think she wants to talk about her fucking kids? No. She no. wants us all to shut up about all of this, right? Um, just listen to fucking listen to the song she put out and shut the fuck up that's what she wants she honestly like so, well Brittany put out the album <laughs> i know i we'll know do it. It's never I'll enough do it. I'll, I'll, won't speak about you ever again <laughs> give us a tour we'll quiet up yeah. um also i really wanted to talk about her saying that she listen <laughs> this is not negative to me i'm not even gonna present this in like a negative way i'm gonna say that I always, I'm not, how do I say this? I am not judging anybody who went and saw Britney in Vegas at all. I wish that I could have gone. Oh, I wish I would have. I already told you if I wasn't a poor college kid at that point, I would have gone to see her. Absolutely. I just, I just, I never wanted to do it. I just didn't, not because I was like, oh, she looks, I wasn't being like a whatever. I just was Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't look like she wants to be doing to it. Be like, there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it never looked fun. I don't know okay. how to say that without being so, an asshole. There were a group of us who would speak out as Britney fans and say she, I think Chris Crocker said it, and, and God, what's her name now? Kara. Car- I'm on Car- call her Kara then. Um, Kara Crocker. Is it so Crocker? <laughs> she I think so. I don't okay. know. Uh, Kara. Yeah. Uh, like uh, right at the beginning of the Vegas thing, or maybe even during Femme Fatale, was, was one of the only people to say she looks like a robot now. She looks like she is just doing paint by numbers dancing and not really like there is there is no soul behind her dancing anymore. Yeah. Um, and everybody went in on her and like raked her over the coals for saying that. However, we were all fucking thinking it. Okay. There was something different about Britney. Everybody would bring up her knee and be like, her knee is the reason she's not dancing the same anymore right yeah um we all did that i didn't like go publicly and ever say to i mean i didn't even have a podcast then but like i would i didn't ever go publicly and and say oh well britney's just like is she doesn't dance the same or she doesn't dance as good as she used to right i would i would have never had said that as a britney fan i would just say oh well she had a knee problem she probably is never going to dance like that again right kind of making excuses and it's so refreshing to hear her own words saying yeah, I didn't fucking dance because I didn't want to be there, right? Yeah. We knew she didn't want to be performing since before the circus. Like, Onyx Hotel would have been the last one for a very long time. It really would have. Um, so it's always interesting to see the sort of, like, reckoning that we do as Britney fans and, like, what we kind of, like, look at to give us the permission to say it now. Yeah, and absolutely. now that she has said it, we can be like, "Yeah, she didn't dance. Let's just be honest." Okay, the wig, the wig, and those opening shows, terrible. Yes, All of those wigs. Yes. She wore. Do you remember opening night? They spray painted abs onto her. I'll never forget. I just didn't say. I didn't say shit. I just said, mm, "I'll mm, never forget." Mm. And those that burgundy shiny Halloween store wig. She stood there, let them put whatever they wanted to put on her, and then went out on the damn stage and did whatever. Right? I'm just disassociated. Yes. And what I fucking love, because we have also talked about this like a shit ton during the glory era, and I'm so happy she confirmed it. The fire, the spark was back because we felt it. We I felt thought about it, you. Right? 
I, I thought about you, you immediately. And I, like, it made me so happy to have that confirmed for myself because yeah. I see it when I when I look at the glory era. She was just so present, yeah. right? That she was fucking excited. She was getting, you know, talking to boys and she was, you know, really into her self-image again, right? And yeah. like into her artistry again. And it it just I listened to the Glory album. Like, you know, I've been listening to it on repeat since ever since then because she, you know, she's fucking proud of Glory. It's just like wild to me that they they were all just so bad at management. Like yeah. even if you were, let's say like, you know, you put Britney in this conservatorship and you're gonna like work her like a damn dog or whatever. They even still were just bad at managing her career. Even yeah. if things were normal, like they were bad at doing what they were doing. And for them to see the public's response to glory and like how people embraced yeah. it and they loved it and critics loved it and it was praised and it was like her true comeback. It was like, wow, Britney really put her whole fucking hoof into this damn album. Yeah. And for them to be like, oh, we should dim this down. We, you know, it's getting a little out of control. She's enjoying interviews too much. Like I always wonder why that album didn't do so well because I I don't think I've landed on any specific answer. Um, because fucking Slumber Party is a it's a top ten song, right? Like that was that was something that should have been a whole ass moment. And I think Slumber Party, if they were gonna do that, that video, that should have been like the the, the first release, right? Like For that sure. was your that was your hook. Yeah. Or something like that, you know? Um Make Me was not was, a great first release. And I do love Make Me. But it's like, good. It wasn't the VMA song. It shouldn't have been like all of these different things that they tried to do. They tried to because they did push it. Mm-hmm. I will say that they gave her. The, she they was did. at the VMAs again. She was on um, fucking uh, Jonathan Ross. Mm-hmm. You know, doing promo. Oh, she was. I love. She that was Jonathan doing promo Ross again. It's weird that they had mm-hmm. Britney Spears being Britney Spears again, very willing and yes. excited to step into the role of Britney Spears again. And they didn't run with that, right? Because I That's think I they mean. were already, already, uh, kind of settled with her being the kind of aging Vegas act, and they were just going to schedule her for as many shows as they could, yeah. and milk that rather than yeah. she doesn't have a lot of a lot of career in front of her. She just has you know greatest hits, you know that she's going to keep doing over and over. Things that we can milk and merchandise and things, things that people will buy. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly probably what it was. Because it doesn't make any sense. I don't really understand why that album didn't do as well either, but I do think that it's just a fan album. Like, I don't think that album caters to non-Britney fans as much as her other albums do, where, like, anybody can listen to... I try. I know. It's just so upsetting. Because then even, like, what was it? Four five fucking years later that we got all of the artwork that was supposed to be for that album. I know. Like Britney Spears in a in a kneeling position with with fucking photoshopped crashed cars behind her. Oh my god. Okay. Why didn't we get that? Who made I need I need her to talk about that because I want to know who made those decisions. Whether she like nixed all of the artwork or like they did, you know? Yeah. Because what we got was the blurry fucking close-up shot of her and we can't even tell she's on the damn cover. You know that oh my god it's such a missed opportunity yeah such a missed opportunity who was that um, david lachapelle yeah it was david lachapelle mm-hmm. um another thing that immediately obviously made me think about you was her bringing up her childhood friends who brought up mm-hmm. courtney jansen and laura lynn and that they came 
you know, to Vegas to have a spa day and they, she ended up not being allowed to go in the spa and she had to sit in the car and wait for them while they drank champagne and got pedicures that she paid for and they didn't acknowledge her existence. Yeah. That's disgusting. It's like literally so foul. And to bundle that with the rest of her family too, um, the mentions of her mother and her sister, um, she is, like we've been saying kind of in our, our past coverage, that she's looking for accountability. She needs some accountability. She even said it about her mom that like um, her mom just makes excuses and said, well, I just don't know what to say. I just don't know what to do. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. And she's like, mom, I'm sitting here telling you what to do. Like, help me. Right. Brittany just wants accountability from these people. Yeah. People, give it to her. Just say, so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm and don't say no buts, no nothing. I am sorry for doing XYZ. I feel like that would go so far with her. She might still be angry. She could be. It's her right. Sure. But she's tired of people like not doing that. And instead, all everybody's doing is being like, Brittany, you're so crazy. Why are you you're just bringing all hate to my Instagram, Brittany? Oh my just god, people are talking about love. Maddie. Accept our love. Let me come to you. We want to love you. You're being weird. <laughs> it's like, just like nobody's <laughs> nobody's doing that, you know? And it's got to be so frustrating for her that instead of people just owning up to their bullshit and what they did wrong, that they all just want to be like, she is just being difficult right now. Brittany mm-hmm. is just being difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love that she said that too, that like it's it was so much easier for everybody around her to just say, you know, she's she's difficult and she's mm-hmm. crazy and, you know, she's the fuck up. Like, you know, we all know people like that. And some of us have been that person that, you know, people around you use you as the way to make them feel better because maybe you're not like doing so great. Mm-hmm. And they love to use you as like the mirror that they reflect themselves off of because it makes them feel better about themselves. And it sounds like that's what a lot of people were doing to her. Like, yeah, you know, especially her sister being like, well, she's the fuck up. Let me release a book right at the heels of her, her uh, right as she's being freed from all of this and kind of wants to like start her life. Let me release right. a book. Oh, why are you getting mad that I just released a book? You're you know, so it's weird. my story. You're only in 120 pages out of 130. You know, why are you being so mad? And um, why do y'all think we're not getting along? I love her. I love her. She literally just those boys. You know, yeah, yeah. Now, look, she said, she said, Maddie and uh, and and Ivy stuffed animals. You see this box full of stuffed animals? That's from Brittany. I'm gonna always cherish her as a sister, anyways. Fucking stupid, fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> said that with your whole chest, too. <laughs> I just said that like what's her name in the craft? Stupid bitch. Yeah. Um oh, her goodness. See, you don't have it on here. She was planning to run away with a man. Oh, oh can we talk about that? Please go into that. That was the wildest thing that she said in the entire fucking 20-minute uh, <laughs> voice note. I had my phone hidden under a stage. I crawl I because I had questions. She didn't detail it enough for me. Because I'm like, was she crawling <laughs> under the stage to get on her phone and text a man or to run away with her? Is she like, <laughs> what was happening? Because she just like, this is the thing that Brittany will do. She'll like just drop a, a nugget of information as if yeah. it's so casual and everybody does it. And she's like, yeah, everybody puts their phones on the stage, right? They're, they're hiding their phones. You're not supposed to have your phone on the stage, but I, it was on the stage, you know? Um, 
And I love that she's like, I looked over at somebody said, you know what I'm doing, talking to a man. <laughs> this is my boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that That's your boyfriend. <laughs> Not my boyfriend, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so was that Sam? Or Who? No, it couldn't have been. No, it would have been so. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck it was. I have no idea. There's a lot of people throwing everything out there. Um, Some people like brought up the lizard guy who looked like a lizard and like took a picture it was one of her dancers <laughs> apparently so, i don't fucking know man but that's wild oh my God. that's wild that is it's crazy wild. that she was like thinking and chatting with a man about running away and yeah could you imagine britney spears oh running God, away like that like a mad a full like um girls on or boys on the side moment like I, just you know what i mean like i don't just, even know what to make of it i don't know <laughs> It's like crazy. And when she said, um, you know, I, I didn't because it's just like the thought of like what my dad would do. You know, it's so wild to think like she was in fear that her father would kill her. Like, yeah. I don't think people really take that into account. And she's not like saying it sarcastically. She actually was like thinking that her dad would murder her. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. God, she wanted to run across the uh, the country with a man. I can't. Get I wonder. Over it. I wonder if people actually told her that like she was gonna die from X, Y, and Z, or like you know. I'm sure. Do that kind of manipulative thing where they're like, "You're you you'll be dead if you don't have me," or something like that. Or like, I wonder. You're not safe out in the world without you know without that's me. If fucking I... insane. Like we, I don't even know how to. She didn't give us enough information. I hope that's fucking five chapters in the book because. The fact that she was like considering the biggest pop star in the world was considering running away to another country Jesus. with a man as if she would have never been spotted or anything, right? Like, where was she going to go? A country house? Was she going to go stay in Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's like vineyard? Where where was she going? I and need you, like honestly, plans. That is the kind of thing, not to be super dark, but that is they would have killed her because that was before we knew anything going on. Yeah. And they had already. It, and I'm not trying to be a but like I think listen, they were going to. I think, I think they it were was going a, I think, to. Yeah. And I think that a lot of so like when it comes to Mariah Carey also talked about this when she um had her alleged breakdown where she said like they had already established publicly that I'm crazy. So yeah. if I die, then it's extremely easy to just paint some story that I like killed myself or whatever, you know? Yeah. The uh it was that last uh her being committed to that to that institution the last yeah. time that was gonna that was that was the start of it it would have happened in her 40s yeah. i don't even think that's being a conspiracy theorist i think that's just like we we've seen that we've yeah. seen that I, I go back to michael jackson like it fucking they all they had to do was put her on a a, a real uh dangerous path absolutely, right? absolutely. she They're... fucking is, is sitting in a, a, an institution getting blood Drawn, what is she called? Blood galls. I don't know. I, I love her words because I do that too. I would just invent words for myself. Yeah. Um, that's very southern. My and she doesn't does understand why they're taking all this blood from her all the time. And she, because she brings it up every single time she talks about this, this, this stay mm -hmm. at this place. And she's like, I don't fucking know why they were taking blood from me. Nobody still has given me answers over that. Why were they taking blood from me? Yeah. And really, like, now I want to know why they're taking blood from her. What's going on? I know that there's somebody had messaged me about that and said that they like worked in, um, the medical field and like when you give people certain medications it requires i think um oh i forget which one she said but when you yeah. give people certain what was it was the one that she said like she was nervous about 
Lithium? Lithium. Yeah. I think yeah. lithium was how it was going to happen. I don't even think, I don't even know if she was going to die. This is the thing. I think they were going to kill Britney Spears. I think they were going to make her fucking crazy on that lithium. That lithium would have, would have, to, like, I, I feel like they were really trying to dose her up on that shit, wear her mind down and put her in a fucking place. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and one of the last things that I did want to really touch on was the AA stuff because it was always painted to us that Britney had like an issue with alcohol and that she was like an alcoholic. And that was like the yeah. way that they chose to paint this, that like she's an old drunk. And that was the per- the reason that all that stuff was happening. And Britney's an alcoholic and that's that. And that's why her dancers can't drink. And I love her being like, I was not an alcoholic. Like they just put me yeah. in AA. And the fact that she started liking going because she liked listening to the people's stories, they were in quotes brilliant, as Brittany would put it. Um, and then for them to take that away from her, it's like you forced her in AA without her even having like an alcohol problem. And then you take it away when she starts to enjoy AA. Yeah. Like to have so such little in your life that you going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings for no reason being taken from you is like a blow. I think that uh, she even said she even said that in when when we heard her speak to Judge Penny back in uh, I, I again these years are blending together 2020, 2021, whatever it was last right. year um, when she spoke to the judge she mentioned that that she had made friends at AA and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden wasn't allowed to see them because they were bad people who would put her down a bad path right they were isolating her. They yeah. were isolating her from everybody, anybody. She said all she says all the time. I just want to be part of the people. I love seeing the people. I love watching out the window and seeing what their lives are like. Yeah, you know, oh he's God. taking flowers to his girl, or yeah, he's taking flowers to his girlfriend. His girlfriend's waiting on him in the apartment with flowers and rose petals, and like that's what she does. And getting to talk to these people, they probably had such real lives and wanted nothing from her. Yeah, that she was so enticed by something like that. Yeah authentic conversations people who weren't on her fucking payroll you know Mm -hmm. like they were excited britney spears was showing up at the aa meeting but they weren't they 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 got nothing from her nothing yeah and she's always been so enticed by like what she perceives to be a like a normal person like what does she call her all of her exes simple (laughs) simple he's just so simple and I, I, but I love that she says this because, like, yeah. it's so magical that she's like, I, I get to see the world through his eyes, and his eyes are just so yeah. simple. You know, he's so stupid. I love him. Yeah, I know. I love- <laughs> <laughs> he's such a fucking idiot. It's he's a so fucking cute. idiot. He's never even had a steak and i yeah. just i love to watch him eat steak for the first time you know he's never ordered room service in italy it was so cute <laughs> <laughs> never been out of bonton county you know yeah. Bon-tong. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, no, we, was, I, yeah yeah it was just so fucking and people of course people have been messaging me that like you know, because Brittany at this point could do anything and, like, it'll turn into some, like, conspiracy. And a yeah. lot of people now, like, the BNN people don't think that it was real. And they don't think that she, they think that she was forced to record it. This recording? They're saying that for this? That's a thing. It's wild. I know. But then you can't question it because they're like, we were right the first time. Yeah, yeah. I know. 
they're like, well, there. Somebody messaged me. They were like, well, there are pauses, and it seems awfully inconsistent. Yeah, because there's voice. I I edit, guys. Let me tell you something about somebody who edits daily. It's a voice note. There are multiple voice notes, either multiple voice notes or it's one long one that multiple parts are cut out of. There are clear cuts in it. That means nothing. I edit everything. You listen to any one of my podcasts, you (laughs) see cuts. Okay, anything. You guys just got Zach to snap in a V formation. It's not good. He's angry. I'm fucking. I'm like pissed yeah shut the fuck up being on (laughs) let me say troy's borderline being on so (laughs) how dare you how jesse said it jesse said it jesse said it speaking of jesse i do want to bring up the uh the the guy who like went on a whole twitter rant saying fuck the ndas and um oh my god yeah talk about him just for a moment i don't even know yes absolutely um britney's vault posted it i think i don't remember his name either but this guy had posted on Twitter basically saying, like, listen, I want nothing out of this. I just worked with her for a little while and I saw some like weird shit. Mm. And I don't know if I believe all of it, but I believe everything he said, all of his experiences. I don't know if I believe that in, in 2022, he's like, oh, I just think it's the right thing to do. And I don't care about the NDA anymore. It's like, you waited a long time for, for <laughs> to not care about the NDA, sir. True. That's true. That is very true. Um, but I believe everything he said. I believe she, what he like, said too. Ran. Oh my gosh! And if you went into the comments of that, did you did you go into the comments? Oh, yes. and people were like, "Which performance was it that she ran?" Out? Down the rabbit hole. He goes into this whole Twitter thread and he says, um, "He says that she there was one night where she he could just hear her yelling that she didn't want to be, uh, she didn't she wasn't going to go on stage then, and so she took off running. That they somebody said call Jamie and they went and got her. Yeah. They like physically got her." And the like wings that were for every time went up without her, but then they like the lights went off and they came back and they put her in the fucking thing. And I watched the video, the one that they're saying was her, and she looks very over it, right? Yeah. She looks like she's just she's just every time there. I tried to uh, yeah, uh, literally, literally, and he knew God. the date. Yes, I mean, and yeah, I mean, it was like, and he had talked about how they made, and he described this really sad moment where she was like waiting for her cue and like the curtain was closed and she was like holding her ponytail and um she just looked miserable yeah and she like made eye contact with him because he wasn't allowed to talk to her um but he like and he also had said like you know i'm gay and like there were moments where i wanted to be like bitch like you fucking killed that like i love this yeah that he was from the out uh, from the outset of these tweets this twitter thread he said I really got the job because I wanted an inside scoop. I wanted to be there in the room. Yeah, I'm. I am a Britney stand, but I, I won't tell nobody I'm a Britney stand. But yeah. I wanted. I really wanted to tell her you're, you're killing it. You're killing it. Yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't. And he do couldn't. That. Yeah. And like he knew that all she wanted was just like one person to be like, "Great job," or like anything. Um, but he said it was he, so eerie when they made eye contact. Right, that one moment yeah. where they just like she just made eye contact with him for like a minute, and she was like just miserable and he said like you could tell that there was just like an intense sadness that like you can't even really describe um and that's just like i i i would have been i mean you and i would have been fired within seconds because there's absolutely no fucking way that i would have been been able to i mean (laughs) i had a restraining order against me like pretty quickly i grabbed her by the wrist and ran we'd have hit under the stage with her phone until Everybody went home and then we ran out. I'd have called Celine Dion, whoever the fuck I could get a hold of. Okay. Jamie would have had us killed for sure. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Fucking Eden and, and Black Box would have yeah. added a dick. We would have we would have been cement blocks to the bottom of uh of some Louisiana yeah. fucking swamp. <laughs> we'd uh, be on Jamie's property. Yeah, in this storage unit in a drone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Pulp Fiction style, tied up somewhere. Fucking um, hell, man. Wow. But yeah, the I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to this has definitely heard um the voice note by now. If you haven't, I I I suggest you listen. It's very that was just a, a bomb that we didn't even expect, so I guess yeah. we had to cover it because we do want to do the um, we're gonna do the Kevin stuff, but that's just that's got to be its own thing, you know. We've really got to like, oh, are we gonna do that reading or should we wait? <gasps> oh yeah, let's do that. Let's just do you it. read it because it's you going out it. to tomorrow. Son of a bitch. You read it. Um. Okay. So Brittany posted on Instagram, like we said, like right before this. Um. And she said, <laughs> uh, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay, our tiny dancer said, I've tried my best at being the best person I can be. To be basically held hostage in homes and under nurses and bullshit, I hope my kids one day understand my reasoning of my play in the water, uh, revealing myself as any woman would. Let me try to go into her voice a little bit. As any woman would being held under blankets and supervision under the conservatorship. Finally, at 40, without the restraints of what my family did to me, I say to my son, Jaden, that I send all the love in the world to you every day for the rest of my life. My love for my children has no boundaries, and it deeply saddens me to know his outcry of saying I wasn't up to his expectations of a mother. And maybe one day we can meet face-to-face and talk about this openly. Maybe, dear child, you can explain to me why our family would do that to anyone. Uh, I helped your father. (laughs) I helped your father who hasn't had a job in 15 years. (laughs) I assume it is easier for you guys to not have someone check on you to make sure you're doing your homework. And if I bring lotion into your room because your face is coarse. (laughs) That was just my own part. Sorry, guys. That's the voice I'm hearing it in, though. Can you hear yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. I'm sure the standards of your dad smoking weed every day benefits your daily life at 15 and 16 to partake in a very cool generation. I need. I completely understand your need to live with your father, as I had to play the perfect role for 15 years for absolutely nothing. I'm so happy I was able to carry four out four tours, ju- uh, Judge X Factor, and way more. I did that for you and Preston. I'm aware of your gift. I know you're a teacher in my life, and dear child, I'm a teacher for you as well. It's horrible to see your dad as a <laughs> your dad be a hypocrite and say the media is horrible, yet he has you talking. Uh oh shit, this is four pages. Has you talking about personal matters to them. If you could pause for a second, remember where you came from. I hope you can look in the mirror and remember you are my child and always will be. Since Preston didn't speak, I send my love. I would love nothing more than to see you two face to face. Keep playing your gift on the piano. You and your brother are both brilliant, and I'm so proud to call you mine. As for my mental health, my dear child, understand that you must learn to pick up a book and read one before you resort to thinking about my intellect, sweetheart. Yes! Get him, Brett! (laughs) (laughs) Tell your father to go try to at least mow the lawn. P.S. 
if you can honestly sit back and say with your reasonable or with your sensible, brilliant mind that me, mom, papa, what they did to me was fine and call them not bad people, then yes, I have failed as a mother. And hopefully that's a chat for you and your father to sit face to face and try to learn what's good. Bitch, if you ever for a second doubted Britney Spears as a mother, you better believe in that. Mm-hmm. She let him have it in the most mom way. Mom. That is mama. Ma- mama. It is giving mother darling. Yes. I mean, that was like the the in that last sentence where she said, if you think that it's okay what they did to me, then I did I I did prevail as a mother. Yeah. I can't because again. This is this is where I kind of stand on it. I don't I'm, I'm not saying shit about their kids, right? I'm not ever going to say anything about her kids. Um, her kids are still kids. They are still minors. They still yes. are whatever. They were parented a certain way. They were parented to believe a certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. That is what they believe. You have a problem with it. You go to Cape, and I love that she's calling his ass out. Your dog, dad has not had a job in 15 years. Right. And Let's talk about they, that. Ask your father about that. <laughs> when he released those videos of her parenting and you and I were spiraling when I was still in Miami, um, the, <laughs> the thing that you and I talked about specifically, and this is my, like, this was my number one takeaway, and I'm so fucking happy she brought it up, was that, yeah, of course, two teenage boys like living with their bum fuck dad who yeah. smokes weed all day and doesn't have responsibilities. Obviously, it's a party all the time. Yes. I, I would like to sleep over at the, the fucking Federline house. It sounds like Let a turn up. All the way to the Fed's house. Let's go. Let's go. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They're, versus their other parent who isn't allowed to drink tea and can't swipe a credit card and has no access to money. And They didn't want to be babied. They didn't want to yeah. be babied as teenagers. And she probably fucking did that, right? Because it's not like she has access to them 24-7, right? She's right. parenting them when they she is allowed to parent them, okay? Exactly. So she might baby them a little bit more. She might like and, – and also – she just, she's just a fucking mother, and nobody. There's no mother who's perfect. My mom, I learned the effort from my mother, right? Me too. So if they, if the point that K Fed was trying to make when he released those videos with that, she said, was that she said, and you're being fucking weird because you're going through puberty and you're wearing bare feet, and are, and, and and Preston, are you okay with your brother's barefoot fucking barefoot shoes on barefoot eyes and then size twelve shoes? Are you and not, people you can out by that? see you? I have no idea what she said, but I was for it. I'm like, yes, yes, you're yeah. right, Brittany. Yes. Um, like, and you know that Kevin is letting them, I like, like I, again, I've never been to the, the Federline household, but yeah. they are teenage boys and Kevin Federline is their dad. They're doing a bunch of crazy fuck shit in that house. You know, he's letting them like bring girls over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like partying. He doesn't work. He's the cool dad. And then what's gonna, what's happening is he is pushing this sort of uh narrative onto them that they are i'm already seeing it in headlines that they are having to deal with traumatic situations they very well could be we don't know what's outside of those videos i feel like he would have released shit had it been worse than that yeah um but from yeah i I don't know we're gonna get into the k-fed stuff but i'm fucking glad that she is like she shouldn't have to say anything we shouldn't be privy to this shit but because they He, K-Fed, has made it all public and likes to sit up on that couch. And every time I see that fucking advert for that, that interview on Sunday, oh. it just it, it boils my blood because he is sitting there just like he did in Chaotic 
as if he has earned the spot to sit oh there and tell a story about any sort of celebrity life. He got fucking lucky and had a good enough dick that yeah. she got dicked down, got pregnant, got married, and ended up with his ass for the next 18 years. That's ex- the the comparison to chaotic with him sitting with like his arm behind. Oh, his chair. all the way, all the way, just like, a little, just a little like, older this time. Bro. Yeah, like a little more pot belly, but it's still Kevin, <laughs> and you know, and he just feels so entitled to this life that he has, and it's just like, like, mm. you, oh my god. But I have seen that you know the network is worried about um, the intense public response to them even airing it so it's don't gonna backfire fucking interview him maybe maybe don't interview maybe he wasn't the one to interview right okay because now you're cut you ain't getting it's an over. interview from her ever okay ever. if there's ever a chance now you got k-fed enjoy it what, victoria federlon go there you go there you go okay <laughs> and i'm canceling my subscription to itv exactly. right whatever the fuck that even is <laughs> um it well, is so I- television do you have any idiot television? Do you have any any closing uh, thoughts, points, and, uh, uh, things you're upset about? Are you drinking weird. coffee, by the way? I'm, drinking, I'm like fist double fisting coffee and uh, and pineapple cider. So. I was gonna say, what is going on over there? Okay, I just have anxiety when I record that I have to be touching something at all the time, and drinks <laughs> do that for me. Um, so we, me and Troy, are going to Vegas this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be very nice. We're very excited for that. We're gonna record mm-hmm. a little something, and we're gonna start doing um, uh, year by year Britney Spears like little episodes where we just talk about the year through the headlines and the stories. Um, and so we're gonna start with 1998. That'll be a whole episode, and then we'll like as we have time go go through it and yeah, all the way up to the prison. So I'm, I'm very. I'm, that's the one I'm excited to cover. Honestly, <laughs> I'm really excited so. to go back to 1998 cover. Her her emergence as the princess of pop. Can I ask what year you're the most excited for? I already know, but I just want to ask. <gasps> oh, I don't know. I, I think can I have I guess a... actually. Yeah, guess guess for it. I mean, I would guess that you would be excited to talk about either 2002 mm. or 2001. I don't think so. so this really? is going to sound like <gasps> super. Uh... Yes and no, right? Uh, this is going to sound super, uh, uh, I don't know, like Gossip Channel or, you know, mm-hmm. Deep Dive Channel. Um, her turbulent years, I think those are the most relatable that, like, now being an adult, I, like, I recognize that sort of, like, anxiety and that sort of, like, push for some sort of understanding of who you are as a person and, like, figuring out yourself. Um, yeah. So I think, like, 2004 to, like, 2007. You know, yeah, I, I, I get think that. those are my favorite years that I'm like really looking forward to covering. I totally get that, and being able to cover like more than just like the actual art, you know, like the yeah, stuff, that'll be fun. even going back to like maybe 2003, you know, like the beginning of the whole in the zone stuff, because that's really where we saw her start to like break out of the Britney Spears mold, you mm-hmm. know, really blossom. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited what about you? What's, is it? <laughs> you know how I feel about 2001. That's great. I it's am. Just... This is going to be a really fun one. Um. It's going to be super casual, so you won't get one every week. It'll be like, you know, we might get really excited, record like three, and then (laughs) you have a month off, you know? Um, That's very me and Zach recording. (laughs) (laughs) We postponed this damn recording like five times this week. Um, We did. That's it, though. Yeah. I texted Zach that there's comfort in our flakiness for me. Because (laughs) you're the only, yeah, yeah, exactly. Flaky girl. 
that's the you're the only person that I don't feel like anxious texting. Hey, can we? Yeah. Push it, you know, three times in a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, yes, of course, yes. No <laughs> Till problem. the very last moment until you have to put it out tomorrow morning. But you have to edit this one. I don't. So I know, I know. enjoy. Well, Zachary, tell people where they can find you. I can't imagine anybody listening doesn't know at this point, but let them know. Mm, you can find me on the on the Pornhub at Adventures uh, <laughs> of Zach and me. No, um... <laughs> you can find Zach on GutterHorse.net. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, come Glizzlers. Um, <laughs> Find me at, I'm all flustered now. <laughs> um, Coffee and tequila, you can search that. You can search Adventures of Zach and B. You can search uh, My Bloody Judy. My stuff will pop up if you top any of those in. Well, Zach, I love you. I can't wait to see you tomorrow or today. I know, it still doesn't feel like it. It's like really, really crazy, especially you sitting behind, in front of that Live from Las Vegas poster. It's like very surreal. Oh, yes. It's We've planned this whole trip around food, so we're real excited. <laughs> I know. We're going to take some fun Britney recreation photos. It's going to be great. And if any of you all have any suggestions of what we should go do, let us know. Please, yes, because this will be out while we're there. So please, if you... Is there any Britney-like memorabilia? Are there any Britney-like costume pieces or boots or like tennis shoes that are up for display anywhere in Las Vegas? Because we can't for the life of us find anything. If Yeah, if there's anywhere that we can go look at like just memorabilia, even if it's like stupid stuff, like I just want to see something. There's got to be something left in Vegas. They had mm-hmm. all of her shit there. There has some place like there's got to be a Planet Hollywood that has a fucking. A Where's trinket. all the hair extensions that she shaved off? That's got to be a Planet Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I put them in Planet Hollywood. <laughs> Miss Vicky sold those. Uh. Miss Vicky Salon. Um... <laughs> Where is she now? <laughs> Vicky's on next week. Um, you guys, I love you so, so much. Zachary, thank you for doing this with me, of course. And uh, I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.